Good morning. Happy New Year. All right, good to see all of y'all here this morning. Those that are joining us online, thank you so much for choosing us to worship with on this first day of 2023. If you're watching on Facebook or YouTube or our website, please comment to let us know that you are with us today. As the events have been scrolling through, we're going to announce a couple of things. Um, Our food pantry needs this week are nothing. They are closed till January 3rd, so just a few more days. Um, So we'll have some more needs next week. If you are a guest with us today and didn't get all our information to connect, uh, please visit our welcome table to grab and fill out one of our guest cards. Or if you're online, you can leave us a comment or send us a message on Facebook. And please follow us on all our social medias. We're so glad that all of you are here today with us. So good morning again. All right, let's stand. And we're going to bring in the light. Are we... We bringing in light. We are. We are bringing the light. So stand. They're the lights. There they are. <laughs> All right. <laughs>
want to read you some good news this morning from John 8, verse 12. Jesus spoke to the people once more and said, I am the light of the world. If you follow me, you won't have to walk in darkness because you will have the light that leads to life. Isn't that wonderful? Amen. <coughs> Let's worship this morning.
us from great heights of glory. You saw my story. God, you entered in and became one of us. So, Lord, we just praise you this morning. We praise you that you sent your son for us. And we're just so thankful and we feel so humbled by that extraordinary thing that we can't even wrap our brain around that you sent your son just for us. God, we praise you this morning. We just we are happy to lift our voices in praise and as one to you this morning. We love you and we thank you for this spirit. Amen. You can be seated. Good morning. Good morning. I am not Pastor Regina. If that's not obvious. Um, my name is Austin Teagard and I am the Director of Youth Ministries and Communications. Thanks. Um, um, I'm filling in for Pastor Regina as she is off today. And so tonight, we're just, or today, we're just going to go for some uh, things we need to pray about, both joys and concerns. And I believe we do, we do have two birthdays, uh, Cassie Stewart on today um, and Bob Sawyer. And do we have, and then Mackenzie Mims and Natalie Mims on the fourth. Yes, happy birthday to all those. And then Abby Page, and then uh, uh, Christian and Gabriel Yon. Yeah. Uh, we do want to pray for Sue and Ralph Martin, who are home sick, and they have asked for our prayers. Also, happy anniversary to Ted and Carol. Are there any other things that we need to pray for today? Yes. Oh, yes. We'll pray for that. Anything else? All right, well, let us go to God in prayer. God, we thank you that you are a God of new beginnings, a God of new things, a God who comes into the world and changes it. God, as we start this year, as we start 2023 on this New Year's Day, I ask that you do something new in us, that you come and be with us and change us so that your kingdom can come here on earth as it is in heaven. God, I ask that you be with all our concerns, both named and unnamed, that we've brought forth today. I ask that you extend your loving grace and your compassion on everyone here. Let us feel your presence. Let us be with you. God, empower us to do your work in the world. Empower us to love our neighbor, to reach out to the needy. Empower us to be your hands and feet on this earth as we pray as your Son taught us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever. Amen. As we are thankful for all that God has done for us, let us turn and give back to God with our offering. Do we have ushers this morning? Ushers, yeah.
God, we thank you for these gifts. Please bless them that they may be your work into the world today. In your son's name we pray. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. Our scripture today comes from the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 2. 
In the time of King Herod, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, three wise men came from the east to Jerusalem, asking, Where is the child who has been born King of the Jews? For we observed his star at its rising and have come to pay him homage. When King Herod heard this, he was frightened, and all Jerusalem with him. And calling together the chief priests and the scribes of the people, he inquired of them where the Messiah was to be born. They told him, In Bethlehem of Judea, for it has been written by the prophet, And you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah. For from you shall come a ruler who is my shepherd, my people Israel." When Herod secretly called for the wise men and learned from them the exact time when the star had appeared, then he sent him to Bethlehem, saying, Go and search diligently for the child, and when you have found him, bring me word so that I may go and also pay him homage. When they had heard the king, they set out, and there ahead of them the star went, they had seen at its rising until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw that the star had stopped, they were overwhelmed with joy. On entering the house, they saw the child with Mary his mother, and they knelt down and paid him homage. Then, opening their treasure chest, they offered him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And, and having been warned in a dream not to return to Herod, they left for their own country by another road. This is the word of God for the people of God. Have you ever had to make a hard decision? A, yes. It doesn't have to be rhetorical. Uh, a decision with big risk. A decision that you know could change your life. So when I was in college, I worked for a mission organization called YouthWorks. And my first summer that I worked with them, I was assigned to a Native American reservation in Red Lake, Minnesota. Now, I was a homebody. I lived in Tennessee all my life, and with occasional trips to maybe Florida and Oklahoma, where my parents are from, I hadn't really left or been anywhere. I had never heard of Red Lake, Minnesota. I had never heard of this tribe called the Ojibwe. Well, as any well-educated person does when they don't know any something, I googled it. And that was a mistake. Sometimes information is not your friend. I learned that Red Lake was a very dangerous place. I learned that it had one of the highest rates of crime in the country, and not only crime, but violent crime. And after further investigation, I learned that it was the highest place of gang violence in the country outside of a metropolitan area. I was scared. I was terrified. I didn't want to go. I didn't want to leave the comfort of my home. I didn't want to leave the comfort of the South to go somewhere where it was cold. But I had a strong feeling a strong knowing that God was calling me to Red Lake and that that was the place I was meant to be. I think we find the wise men in a similar place. The wise men were not Jews. 
They did not worship the same God. They did not follow the Jewish tradition. They did not eat kosher. They did not make the sacrifices. They did not follow with the Jewish holidays. We're told that the wise men or magi are from the east. Now, that doesn't mean anything. It could be east of, you know, ten miles east of Bethlehem. That's east. But we think that they're probably from Persia, the Persian Empire, which is around what would be modern-day Iran. Now, let's take a little trip down history in the Jewish history. So you might remember reading in your Bible that the Jewish people are eventually conquered by Babylon. They sack Jerusalem. The Jewish people are sent into Ezra, or exile. This happens around 586 BCE. So the Jewish people are conquered by the Babylonians and they're scattered across the Babylonian Empire. Well, as it often happens, the Babylonians don't last forever. They, too, are conquered and they are conquered by the Persian Empire. And the Jewish people come under the yoke of the Persian Empire. It is under the Persian Empire that they are granted permission to return to Jerusalem, to return to Israel. It is significant that the wise men come from Persia. That this empire that once ruled over the Jewish people, that once conquered them and controlled them, it is their priests, it is their kings, it is their magi that come and pay homage to the Christ child. But the wise men had a choice to make. They see this star that shines in the night, and they have a choice. They see the star, and they have a choice that to follow it or not. It's probably easier to not follow it. They could live comfortably. They could continue on with their religion and continue on with what they know. The journey itself is a risk for them. Not only could they just die from journeying outside in the elements of the world there. They could be robbed. They could lose everything that they could have. They could have been murdered. Anything. They could have, this could have destroyed their entire life to make this journey. Yet they make it anyway. They again take another risk by stopping at Herod. Now, I don't know about y'all, but I don't think it's a wise decision to go to a king and say, hey, do you know where your usurper is? They could have been killed right there. Herod could have said, Who, what are you talking about? And just ended their life right there. But they went and they found out and they found the information they needed because that is where they were being led. And when they get to their destination, they see a little child. Not surrounded by palace servants, not in the finest clothes, not surrounded by caretakers, not having every need immediately met, but this little child with this poor carpenter, father and mother. Jesus is just a regular kid. But it's where the star stopped. It's where God led them. So being faithful, they present their gifts. And now we're not told how old Jesus is in this story, but most, most people agree he was probably around two. 
Now, when I think about a two-year-old, these are terrible gifts. They're terrible gifts. If you've been around a toddler, you know anything that is shiny or smelly is going right into their mouth. But these gifts are significant. They're significant because they represent something deeper, a theological statement that the wise men, that the writer of Matthew wants us to know. Now, gold is obviously valuable. It would have been valued among royalty of the nobility of the time. This gift in its own way symbolizes Jesus as king, as this king, as this Messiah. Frankincense is just a burning incense that was often used in religious sacrifices, in religious rituals, often with extreme divine significance. So in its own way, frankincense symbolizes Jesus' divinity. And then myrrh is just a perfume accessible to the everyday people. I mean, you would have to save up money to buy it, but you could get it. So in its own way, myrrh represents Jesus' humanity, that the Son of God came to be one of us, that Jesus was one of us. In these gifts, we are seeing the fullness of who Jesus is, a human king, divine, human and divine. The wise men knew this child was important, They knew the child would be something different, which is why they're willing to take the risk. It's why they made the choice to follow the star, because they knew that God would guide them to something new, to something spectacular, to something the world had never seen before. They knew that God would guide them to new life. And so once again, they take their final risk, which is not to return to Herod. So not only have they asked a king where the person who's going to overthrow them is, but now they're directly defying this king. And they do not tell him where the Christ child is. They once again risk their lives to follow God's will. In the same way that God was guiding the wise men to new life, God guides us to new life. God is constantly calling us to experience what God is doing in the world. So my story from Red Lake, I told you I had a choice. I could go or I could not. I was afraid. I was scared. I knew what kind of God I followed. I knew that the God I followed was the God who was going to turn my life upside down. I knew that I would be changed. I knew that I would experience new things, and that scared me. But in the end, I trusted God to guide me, and it wasn't easy. There were many times where I wanted to pack home, or pack up and go home. There were many times that I let my fear rule my decision-making. I made the wrong decisions constantly, because I was listening to my fear rather than to God. But when I did listen to God, when I did allow God to guide me, I was changed. It was the best experience of my life. I met people that I would not have met anywhere else. People who changed my view of the world, but more importantly, I learned how to speak of Christianity to people who did not have a positive view of Christianity. 
to a lot of Native American people, Christianity is not a symbol of hope. It is not a symbol of goodness. It is not a symbol of new life. It is a symbol of oppression and death and evil. It's a difficult place to be. But because I listened to God, because I was with God, I was able to learn and be with people and hear where they are and show them a new way of Christianity. To be something different. To be God's work. For God to work through me in those communities. And at the same time, the community was shaping me and I was learning from it. I experienced people who, even though I was associated with this thing that was evil in their, in their eyes in a lot of ways, they immediately saw my worth as a human being. They valued what I had experienced and my life as something that they could learn from. In a lot of ways, they changed me. I met elders in the tribe whose wisdom I still use to this day. I met little kids who just needed someone who to love them and to care for them. And they were hilarious. They were difficult, but they were hilarious. If I had not gone to Red Lake, if I had not taken the risk, if I had not followed my star over Bethlehem, I would not have gone to seminary. I would not have met my wife. I would not be standing in front of you to deliver this sermon. God guides us, but we have to make the choice to follow. We have to get up. We can't just wait for God to grab our hand and lead us where we need to go. We have to get up and make the step. We can't just see the star in the sky. We have to go to where it's leading. Like the wise men, we have to take the risk and follow where God is leading us. So where is God leading you? It could be, like my story, and God is leading you to somewhere far away to meet people you've never met before and experience things that you've never done. Or God could be calling you to outreach to people in need in Hendersonville or Nashville, to the homeless, to people who are struggling. God could be calling you to do the tedious work of serving on the church finance committee. Or perhaps, just maybe, maybe God is leading you to volunteer to teach youth or children Sunday school, and if you do, you can contact me and Stephanie for more information. <laughs> but wherever God is leading you, embrace it. It's going to be a risk. It's not going to be easy. But trust that God will guide you to new life. Trust that God will lead you to something spectacular and wonderful. Follow the star. Embrace what God is doing in your life. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen.
what God is doing in the world. Amen.